Art is life, and life's a fight. So all artists do battle every day. Demons trying to take your soul. I'm Jacob, you're going to get weapons here. Kill those demons and make your life and work your own masterpiece. Let's get into this. episode number four and uh, I'm here with my friend the guy who beats me up at jiu-jitsu on a weekly basis Chris yeah. <laughs> yeah that's usually how it starts and then it ends up with me kind of like this and tap 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 or something like that but first another congratulations because you got your black belt on Wednesday yeah. and uh, I mean that was really cool to be there for that to see it and um I was I was stretching and then I saw you come in and then I saw a bunch of your t-shirts coming. I'm like, uh, yeah. did he? Oh, he must be getting promoted then if everyone's turning up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I had the, and that was the suspicion was kind of confirmed when I saw uh, Junior having some fun inspiring with you. I was like, okay, yeah, of course he's he's gonna get it now because Junior was taking, <laughs> taking yeah. so much of an interest. Yeah. <laughs> Junior wasn't actually initially on the mat. Like Charles was teaching, but yeah. Junior decided he was going to get involved, get his key on, and call me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The uh, the Instagram story with that pretty solid throw oh. was rather brilliant. Oh. I, I enjoyed looking at that. Yeah, yeah that was heavy. Yeah, so I, I actually got a, a heads up. I've been a brown belt for I don't know, it's probably five or six years plus. Yeah, you, you've been um, tri- it's like 12 years now. Then. 12 years, yeah. But that 12 years, I've sort of dipped out of training in the gi. Yeah. Um, to train a lot of no gi. I coach an MMA team. Um, and catch wrestling over the last five years or so kind of... I've, I've, got, yeah, got I've seen, the, picture, I've seen yeah. the pictures of Josh Barnett come down here. Yeah, he comes here. This will be his second year this year. He's coming down next month. Um, but I've been over to the States a few times to train with the guys. Okay. Um, and kind of the legend of catch wrestling is Billy Robinson. He trained guys like Sakuraba and, and oh, he was yeah. one of the originals. So oh, the spent, <laughs> right, Yeah, that's right. And he coached Sakuraba, so the oh, Gracie wow. Hunter. Right, so, yeah. so I took some time to go out to the States um, to visit Billy Robinson, train there. Yeah. Also, he's been over here pretty much once or twice a year. Him and the team would come over, so I spent a lot of time catch wrestling. So while I was still grappling, yeah, I wasn't training Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the gi. Yeah. So, and I, for a fair point, you know, people like uh, Roger, Gracie, um, don't want you training in the gi. You know, jiu-jitsu yeah. is, is, you know, you could train both, and it's good to be good in both, but yeah. really, if you're going to get a black belt, you, you've got to train in the gi. Yeah. So it was January... Um, I was chatting with Mauricio, um, and he was saying, well, "How long have you been a brown belt? It's about time." And I was like, yeah, it's just, "You know, it will happen when it happens." Yeah. So he gave me a little nudge. He said, "Look, just get yourself down consistently, and we'll see what we can do." Yeah. In September. Yeah. So that was a half a, a challenge and a goal, really. Yeah. So um, I was down there. Now I've been uh, probably five, six times a week. I'd make sure for the last six months or so I was there. Yeah. Consistently. Um, and there was supposed to be a grading date set for June, end of June. I was like, okay, good. Book my holiday. <laughs> different, different day, different day. I booked my holiday. I've got to be there. That before. Yeah. 
then it turns you know Roger's fighting, somebody else is doing it, so the dates got mixed around, and uh, that just, was a crazy fight. Just, yeah. Oh my god! That? How amazing was that? Effortless, dude. Effortless. Just it shows the class. Man. He's the, the best. Once, He's the best. Once it hit the deck, two like less than two minutes, he was choked. It's the best. It's the epitome of that Bruce Lee quote. I don't fear the guy that knows 10,000 kicks, I fear the guy that did one kick 10,000 times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't shut you can't shut it down. He's done it more than you. Yeah. And he knows it twice as well as you. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, I just don't think Gutierrez has been put in that kind of position. Often, he's such a good competitor, such a strong guy, who is there around yeah. that will put him under that pressure. And I think once he's there, he panicked. Yeah. He's like, crap, I haven't been here for a long time. You, you see that with, um, like, some like high level tie boxers as well. Like, if you look at Yodson Clyde, for example, he, he retired recently because mm. of injuries. But if you just look at his style, it's it's so it's not it's not like a Sanchai type of style, but he's just like a mountain. He just yeah, he moves, his defense is solid, and he hits like a train. I mean, John Wayne Parr has said on um, a couple of podcasts when when he because he's fought Yod three times, when he found out that he was fighting Yod, he was just like, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to talk. Yeah, I'm going to think how, what kind of quality John Wayne Parr is. Oh, yeah, to oh say that. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there, there's, yeah. There's, there's, there's leagues to it, and you're talking about jiu-jitsu because there's a belt rank, you can see that, yeah. that people say, you know, there's there's black belts, there's world-class black belts, then and then there's, there's Hodger Gracie. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a different level. But that's, that's with everything. I mean, like I, the, only, the the only way someone can get to that level is if that is what they want to master. Mm. Like I, like for me, what especially like starting to write books because I figured out that that's what I want to do because I think everyone's coded for something. Yeah. Like for your, like for yourself, like this beautiful gym and coaching and stuff, and, and but just martial arts as being the career that you've stuck to. I mean, you're coded for that. That's. I'll always be doing martial arts, but my thing is writing books. Yeah. And what Roger Gracie's done, the level he's got to in his jiu-jitsu, that's the kind of thing that I would like, but on a piece of paper. On, on a book level. Yeah, on book yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the reasons why I called this podcast The Artist's Life, because the principles are the same, but you just um, specify them for what you're doing. Yeah. So the attitude that Roger's put into his jiu-jitsu that's the way that you master anything. You yeah. just tweak it and morph it to you and what you're doing yeah. as well. And stay the path. Exactly. Which, is, I mean, that's another reason why um, being friends with you and seeing what you've um, built now over over two decades, yeah. it's, such a, it's such an important lesson. And such an important lesson for young people as well. Like, you... Don't, don't start complaining if it hasn't happened in three years. Yeah, that's right. Because people yeah. forget that. You know, people see this. Uh, well, I've got we got I have three full time studios. I employ a lot of full time instructors and staff. Yeah, there's twelve hundred students between the three academies. They're only a mile and a half to two miles between yeah. the academies. We're in a little triangle, but you know the demographic kind of pulls from different people. But yeah, people see that and think it popped up overnight but yeah you know i've been training since 1981 um i started teaching in 96 yeah i decided 17 years ago in 2000 that i was going to do it full time either do it or don't do it yeah um much to my wife's disgust um 
<laughs> we got married in 2000 and I said, right, I'm quitting my job and whether do it or don't do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's 17 years to get to this point, you know, and it's only over probably the last five years that it's, it's exploded. Yeah. It's one of those, um, something like that, it's one of those dream scenarios that you have to, at least this is the conversation that I had with myself. Um, if I want to make a career writing books, but it's such a far-fetched thing, especially after every book that I've written, or every novel that I've written has been politely turned down by every agent, <laughs> literary <laughs> agent. Um, so it got to the point where I was just like, okay, I'm going to self-publish it now. Yeah. And to be, and honestly, that's the best thing because I like that better now because it, it's man. just it's just me and it's just exactly how I want it. Yeah. And you, the, and you know uh, the uh, Sylvester Stallone story? Well, yeah, I do. Movie. Yeah, I do. Right. So he, he, he Every, got, everyone has the same thing, and you got to be. Pro- it, it's either going to work or you'll be dead because you're not going to stop trying to make it work. That's That's, it, that's, that's the only way. Find the way. Right? It's the only yeah. way that you make yeah. it work. Yeah. And it, like for me, I felt that. It'll work, and I'll kind of feel like a bit of a hero, or it doesn't work, and uh, I'll probably feel like a bit of an idiot. But the thing is, it's not going to not work, because it only not works if I stop trying. Yeah, right. Because if I, if I don't stop trying, then it just hasn't worked yet. It's not that it has, it's not worked. It's yet. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So, and I mean... I take a lot of inspiration from people like, like Walt Disney. Yeah. That yeah. You know, he got fired from uh, a company for not being creative enough. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. People like Michael Jordan in his high school basketball team got cut from the team, and yeah. the coach said, "You know, you'll never make it as a basketball player." So, yeah. Roger Gracie's story. His family did when he started doing jujitsu. They didn't think, "Oh, he's he's going to be a phenom." Yeah. And uh, if and listening to Mauricio's podcast on the Raspberry Eight. Mm-hmm podcast which was really really great that's cool yeah. Roger said like when he was about 18 or I think I think 18 Mauricio said he said to his mum I'm gonna be the best fighter in the world yeah and it's just making that what I think first you've got to have that sort of intuitive knowing that you can do that mm-hmm. like because thinking's one thing but if someone thinks it and but says yeah, it you can tell I would, if I would assume a lot of people say, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be the best fighter ever. But actually, yeah. you've got to feel it inside to not just say, I'm going to, it's I'm going to work towards, I'm going to work my butt off, I'm going to do everything in my power to. Yeah, yeah. I, th- like, I, I think, think that, that there's a difference there. Because I think, like, like the <clears throat> first, there's like, there's it's not a thinking, it's a knowing. Like, I would use Conor McGregor as an example. Like, he knows that he can, like, he knows that he can do stuff in, mixed martial arts cage and he did it he said it and he pulled it off but that was it can seem kind of grandiose but I could tell that that wasn't fake like he truly felt like he knew that that's what he was capable of and um, it takes sometimes an an arrogance to discount everybody else's thought process and stick with yours because sometimes you'll have an idea and you'll run it by somebody or somebody and you're like maybe they're right but you need that that one yeah. single-mindedness, stroke arrogance, stroke confidence, or I self-belief it's, that it's happening. I would say it's an ex- just an extreme confidence, but mm. people that aren't used to believing in themselves that much would mistake it as arrogance. Yeah. And I say that because I've listened to 50 Cent talk on interviews a lot. Uh-huh. And from where he came from, I mean, his 
anyone who researches his backstory and where he's got to, I mean, <laughs> anyone can do stuff. Anyone can do, yeah. anyone can do stuff if he See, can do I, that, so. I'm, I'm on the flip side of that. i tell you why. I, I'm all for, and I tell people that know me, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with a healthy ego. Mm. because you've got to push through and discount what people say just to push through. This is my idea and I'm yeah. doing it. However, when Conor McGregor starts talking about how expensive his socks are compared <laughs> to the other guy, I'm like, no, no, that, that, there's a little bit of arrogance coming out there. I th that's confidence I think in that's your fight, confidence in your ability, ballsy to back it up, you go for it. I and I was yeah. a fan until he started talking about how expensive his socks were yeah. in a lead-up to a fight, which is... Irrelevant. I, I know think, it's all I think part it, of the banter, but I think it. Yeah, he I lost think me it's. Then. I think it's deliberate. Like, yeah, yeah, he lost me then. Because oh. the thing is, like, the majority of fight fans, they just want to see, like, they they can't, they just want to see the verbal version of just the mayhem. Yeah, that's. What but it they, is. but the thing that's is, like, they just want to be completely entertained, and you get entertained by oh hell, he's doing like, that. Because if people didn't get in, didn't get entertained by ridiculous stuff. Then Jackass wouldn't have been so popular. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and to be but like, I think maybe the lead up to the fight is going to be more exciting than the fight. Oh well, the, some of the, those press conferences were hilarious. Oh. They were hilarious. But yeah, I think that there's, so probably, funny. there's more there's more fight with both of them than there's going to be on the fight day. I can see fight day. You know, Mayweather being a defensive boxer staying on the outside. McGregor being a distance fighter staying on the outside, and neither of them are able to shut each other down yeah so it, the, the I, best I'm, fight is the chat I, I'm looking forward to seeing it it'll be fun but I definitely uh, want to watch it is it Triple G's fighting Canelo soon as well I yes. think that's going to be great there's no there's no massive lead up to that I think that's a better no, fight it's, it's because they yeah it's because they're, they're just doing their thing they're mm. not loud and boisterous yeah, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 stuff like that but yeah um, but to go back to the original point, like for anyone to just have an idea and then make it work, as you said, you in 2000, you just sat down and it was one of those serious talks where it's just like, okay, am I going to do this? Do I want to do this? Can I stick to it? And yeah. you're like, okay, okay, I feel it. And you have to, you'll feel it in your, in your gut and in your heart. And then you just say, okay. It's probably going to feel shit for a long time, but it's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It's what I'm here, it's it's what what I'm here good. to do. For me, it felt good. I wrote... It's what I'm here to I, do. I, I heard you had to do a business plan. So I wrote a business plan. Looking back on that business plan, that was atrocious. I don't know. Everything I could support, support a family on that business plan. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you know, year one, we make loads. Year one, well, year two, we make slightly less, but it's okay. Like, what kind of business makes slightly yeah. less in year two? Um, but yeah, it was, but we, we just got married. Um, we bought a new house. I remember my wife panicking. Um, just, oh, I'm yeah. going to quit my job. Um, and I'm doing it. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And it worked. It's, but that's, that's, that's the it's thing. One of the, it's one of those I, a, um, I think at the time I was into um, you know, personal development, self you know, Tony Robbins and all that kind of stuff. So it was yeah, every, Everyone got Yeah. I've spent so much time yeah. that stuff. And it, and it was... Uh, what was it? I heard a concept like you know everyone's like, well, you gotta have a B plan, you know, gotta have something to fall back on. And I was like, you know, screw that, no B plan. Will Smith said that. He said, there's no, no reason for a plan B because it distracts from plan A. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and if I know I've got something to fall back on, I'm not gonna push so hard. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I I only want to do plan A, 
I don't want to do anything else. So exactly I don't right. want to do plan B. That's not fun for me. <laughs> that, that, that's where I was at. I was like, okay, there, there is yeah. no B plan now. So plan A must work. Yeah, and um, Joe and Rogan I pushed had, myself hard to make sure it works. Joe Rogan had the same thing. Like he he stopped competing in Taekwondo, mm -hmm. and he real and he decided that I want to be a stand-up comedian. He's been doing it for like thirty years now. Eighty-eight started, yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, and that's our connection, actually. Well, my, uh, um, the academies that I opened to start with were Taekwondo. I was, oh, right, yeah. Since 81, um, I was training Taekwondo. I was fighting in the British team. Yeah. Uh, kind of slowed down competing. Um, was that going to, to coach. Were you thinking about the Olympics at that time? Yeah, actually, I was in... The, the, the way they work it, the, the Olympic-style Taekwondo, which now is atrocious, by the Isn't way. Isn't so like IT something and WTF? Well, they've just changed it. Well, there's the WTF, which is yeah. the World Taekwondo Federation, which is the Olympic style, but now they can't be called WTF because of what WTF now means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're now... So they're Goddamn now, social media. Yeah, that's right. So now they're, they're um, OMG Taekwondo. No, they're not. They are WT. <laughs> it's OMG, the World that. Taekwondo Taekwondo. Um, so you have WT... F, which was World Taekwondo Federation and the ITF, the International Taekwondo Federation, and they were split. And if you do one, we hate you. If you do the other, we hate you. It's actually turning like like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Gracie Jiu Jitsu. It's turning into like you ain't legit. We're legit. We're original. You're not original. It's turning into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it turned into that. So yeah, I was on the kind of the Olympic side of things, um, and I and I. Um, they have a British team qualifier. So if you're already in the British team, you're classed as a seeded player. So you have number one and number two. So right. you're already in the British team selections, which is a tournament. There's four people that enter this tournament. So two seeded players yeah. and two have to fight off to get there. Okay. So on my first journey, I was fighting off to get there. What year was this? <sighs> 97, six, something okay. like that. Uh, yeah, so probably about like seven. I was running around my house as like three and a half year old, irritating my mom. Yeah, I was getting kicked in the face. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that my first and I, I and I met a guy that used to be British team, um, and he was a guy called Lennox Carty. He was about six up to me then. He was six six, maybe he's not, maybe, but he was huge. He was <laughs> he was like a, yeah, man, he was a ten time British champion, and I hear he was an amateur boxer. Ooh. So Taekwondo, there's not much punching. So if you do shut the space down, you, you, anyway. So my first one is like, okay, I've got Lennox first, first round. I can really do without this. Um, and Matt, he was hammering me because he was so tall. He would kick me from such a distance away. Anytime I got oh, yeah. him close, yeah. he would just thud me with him, those hands. So my coach at the time was a, a friend of mine that I'd been training with since we were kids. I started when I was seven. Yeah. Um, so I probably met her when I was about seven, eight, nine whatever, and we'd grown up doing Taekwondo. So anyway, she was coaching me, um, and she said, right, there's, it's hard for you to move back or shut space because he's got answers everywhere. So what we would do is, because it's like a point system, he would throw a kick, I would jump and switch my stance, get kicked in the back, no score for him, and add that, I'd switch, he'd be on the open side, I'd land my oh, score. Right, right. So that is pretty much how I built my scores back up again, and we were quite evens at the time. Then he kicked, I switched my stance, his shin bone connected with my hip bone, Ugh. he broke his leg. Yeah. He broke his leg and has gone down. The coolest guy I've ever known that has broken his leg. Yeah. He drops, no joke, we've got it on video, um, and you can hear in the stands this, yeah. and he drops. Yeah. And he was so cool, he was just like, 
It's like wood snapping. Yeah, he was just like, oh, I think I broke my leg. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I know that the sound. trousers up. Yeah. No joke. The bone is sticking out. I know that was that. my entrance in the British team. I know that. Yeah, I know. I know that sound because like a while ago, I broke a few years ago. Nice guys. I broke my leg. So I had a spiral fracture of my fibula. Yeah. Um, and like, I was playing rugby in that school, and the grass was dry, so I had trainers on. Went for a tackle. Foot slipped in like that. The weight was over my right shoulder, um, and I just heard this. It was like when you twist a stick and it just snaps. Spike spiral fracture. Yeah, yeah. And then I just, I fall down and I'm looking at my foot. It's like 45 degrees. It's like for, for a few seconds, and I'm literally like, I'm like wide eyed. I'm thinking, am I going to have to grab this and move it back? But then it just went back on its own. Oh, did it? It just. The doctor said that the doctor said that the ligaments on the other side probably pulled it. Yeah. And then got an X-ray. The top section of the fibula had slid down over the bottom one, mm-hmm. so they had to Straight unzip down. my leg, put it back up here, and then put a plate on the outside. I How had long ago was that? Oh, that was like seven years ago or something. Oh, I was yeah. in year eleven, um, so I was like sixteen, oh, I think. And <laughs> it was so funny because years later, I was talking to my mum about it. And I was like, yeah, why did you take... We live literally 30 seconds away from the school. Why did you take someone to come get me? And she was like, they, they called and said that you'd hurt yourself and you always hurt yourself. So I finished my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, my sister met me met us in the hospital afterwards. <laughs> and I had the x-ray. So this was Teddington Memorial Hospital. They said they were shipping me off to West Middlesex because they said I'm going to need to get some stuff done because my leg's broken. Um, I'm sitting there in the wheelchair. My sister walks in into the waiting room. My mum's like, Jacob's broke his leg. Your fault. (laughs) (laughs) No sympathy. I've never broken major stuff. My nose has been broken so many times. Just kicked in the face. I broke my hand. I broke a bone in my hand hitting uh, in a tournament, punching the guy. But they're all kind of to be expected kind of martial arts injuries, but nothing, touch wood, says... Yeah. Nothing of of note. Yeah, uh, that's really put me out. So. Yeah, that was that was a rib as well. This was uh, a I went year. To a physio uh, or a, uh, yeah, physio. Yeah, um, and he was you know, doing the alignment thing. He said, "Oh, you've broken a rib." I was like, "No, I don't." Think no, you, you <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, like when I broke my leg, this it was it couldn't have come at a more irritating time because um, this I broke it four weeks after I had started training with Danny. Oh, heavy. And I was, because the thing was like before that, I was just, I was just trying out different martial arts, but I was just searching for the thing where you just get the feeling like, oh, I found it. I don't, I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah. Because one, it's the, Muay Thai is it. One, it's the thing, but two, it's the This is Danny Kapoor, by the way, a Muay Thai guy that we both uh, know. Yeah. He's a, for those of you that haven't heard of him, the kind, he's immersed, he's immersed himself in the very best of Thai boxing. And just so that you, to quote some names that you'll probably know, um, he spent a lot of, one of the people he learned from, spent a lot of time with, was a guy called Sagat Pechindi, who's one of Thailand's greatest fighters. And um, he's also the inspiration behind the street fighter character called Sagat. And Lamsungkram Chuatana, who was one of the guys that went over and trained GSP, um, he, spends, he, he spends some time training with Sagat as well. Like it on Lamson Crown's Instagram, 
there was a recent post where he just went over, went over and did a bit of training with Zagat. So that's so Danny Kapoor. That's the kind of um, caliber of teachers that he spent a long, long time learning with. And in addition to Grandmaster Posawat, um, Grandmaster Vichy Chichan. Grandmaster Woody, Grandmaster Crash and the Furious Five. <laughs> I think he likes that. I think he likes that music as well. And Grandmaster Crin as well. So that was that was when I met you at Jiu Jitsu. Was our connection talking about Thai boxing? So yeah, was, yeah. From Taekwondo, um, I, I was working with a guy that just started Thai boxing. Yeah. Um, and we were chatting, you know, the difference in martial arts and taekwondo. And at the time, I was so blinkered with taekwondo. I was like, yeah. nobody's better than taekwondo. Yeah. Than taekwondo. <laughs> so we went down the park and had a bit of a spa. And I'm doing all my jump, spinny, wicked, good-looking stuff. And he was relatively new to Thai boxing. And all he just, hands up, and just kept kind of plodding forwards at me. And I just found myself backing up and backing up and backing up. Yeah. Anytime he got close, he would just thump, thump, clinch. I'm like, Man, I've got to learn some Kicking of this. In the leg. Yeah, I was like, dude, where are you doing this stuff? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he was training with Danny Kapoor, so I was like, right, I'm coming. What night? I'm coming. Yeah, and that was that. What, then, what year was it? Um, that's got to be around the time that I was kind of. That was before I started teaching full time, so that's got to be ninety-five-ish. Oh wow! I think yeah. Oh wow! That uh, maybe work. maybe after that night, yeah. But let, let's say ninety five to ninety eight ish, and in that everything's a bit of a blur. It yeah, in the face a bit too much. But around that sort of time, um, who was who, this guy? And that was Danny. Who's uh, the guy? I can't that... even remember his name. You can't remember. Oh no. right. Okay. But he used to, he used to work. I used to work in a printing company. Yeah. Um, and he was there, and you know, we were two kind of the, the youngest guys that were working there. So Wh- which park was this? Like whereabouts was it? Because was it around the Isleworth area? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, this was. Yeah, he used to. It was in his house. That he worked where, where he was training. Oh no, no. The, the, <clears> when you were just messing around with the guy. Oh the god, no, I don't know where that was. That, yeah, that was near him. That was in, okay because he was. Um, Osterley Park. Yes. Was it Osterley? Because Osterley's really close to him. Yes, but it wasn't a near, one near Danny. It was this guy where he used to live. Oh right, okay. Um, because I used, we used to work in Perivale, and oh, yeah, he used to live yeah. in Hounslow. Um, and yeah. I think Danny was in Isleworth. Oh no, he was in Hounslow. No, no, he's in he's in Isleworth. In Isleworth, yeah. Close. Well, he was. Yeah. He, so he, he had a house, and at the back of his house, Danny, we're talking about. Yeah. Like you go, you know, the garden down the side yeah. of the house, and into this shed shack thing yeah, that yeah. he had built at the back with dirty mats and a few bags hanging. And we used to go to the park. Yeah, we used to do a run. Like oh, was that Thornbury Fields? I don't know. Was it near West End College? Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. And yeah. is there, in there, is there like a little bit, so you've got your park where yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not living around there anymore. Okay. But, um, so there's, yeah, he used to, Nature's Gym, we used to run there. Yeah. Um, and do sprints through this little, there was like, you know, trees and bushes and all that yeah. kind of sprints and, and chin-ups yeah, on, yeah, the, yeah. on the trees and all that kind of craziness. Yeah. Um, he, and then go back yeah. and start training. Oh yeah, that's standard for him. Yeah. Like, oh, I, because I'm gonna because I'm gonna send him the link to this. <laughs> so, IMD. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. yeah, yeah. Um, he, he got it started yeah. really, and then what was your first impression? What was it like the first uh, time you met Danny? This is gonna be no great. disrespect. This is gonna be great. The first time and still now, you crazy motherfucker. <laughs> 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 I remember. 
pretty much. I remember one of the warm ups was like, okay, guys, get your shoes on. Half marathon run. Like, we were like miles and miles and miles. I'm like, shit. I'm like, are we still going? Then we'd be in this the This is park. so perfect because I know him so well. Yeah. I've, known him, I've known him for eight years now, and he, I mean, he's pretty much been kind of like, he's been a, a mentor for me since I was like 16. Yeah. yeah. But so he's, he's definitely a character, man. And even then, you know, oh, he was top of his game then, and to, to be so many years in, he knows his stuff. Oh, yeah. But the difference for me then, from getting, I used to live around the kind of Harrow area, now I've, I've moved further out, but getting off, like after work, getting to, uh, through traffic to Isleworth and Hounslow and stuff was, was so difficult. Um, yeah. So then there was different guys around the Harroway, there was minor towards gym and stuff, so I kind of dotted around with my Muay Thai. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I haven't I hadn't seen him for years um, until more recently. Actually, the last few years until there was a, he had a couple of guys doing MMA or um, yeah, yeah. So we had some guys cross training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he he's one of the greatest people I've ever met, and uh, he's in terms of like how to carry myself and how to one just first believe in myself mm -hmm. and not think that I'm strange if I'm not relating to other people my age. Mm. Like he would always, just, just not even de deliberately, but just being him. Hmm. That kind, just be because you can learn from someone's energy alone. Just, so that's another example of somebody who just has. I want to do this. Yeah, he he's, wants to do Muay Thai. He's he's in in a sporting capacity, but also immerse himself in a tradition as well. You know, Muay Baran yeah, and Krabi Krabong. And as I well. remember that about him. Yeah, going for me going to other Muay Thai places. They were it was yeah, of course it was traditional Muay Thai, but it was the sport Muay Thai. Yeah. Whereas Danny was was far more steeped in in tradition, which is He's, really cool to have in a in a sport where you can lose tradition because it's a game. But he's done he he's he's. He's done his meditation levels as well right. at um, what in Manchester, which was part of the um, which was part of the requirements for his Silver Moncon for mm -hmm. the um, Mastership grading, which was all set up by Grandmaster Crinler's Sports Authority of Thailand, mm -hmm. and so he's gone through all of that kind of stuff as well. And um, I mean, you can you can just you can just tell by of right? Oh yeah, yeah. He would, he, yeah, he would always tell me that as well. Like one of his favorite films is The Patriot, Mel Gibson, mm -hmm. Heath Ledger's character would always say like, "Stay the course." So he would always say it, and because uh, like he loves films as well, so he would like quote these things in in uh, training as well. Like Heartbreak Ridge is another one that he likes. Right. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. So he would throw he would throw us curveballs as well. Especially like in the private sessions as well, especially. See, I quote stupid movies like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like Austin Powers. <laughs> it's not quite as inspirational. <laughs> Have you seen the, you know, uh, Goldmember? Oh, probably. Oh, okay. probably, probably watch bullshit movies. Come probably on, probably so ages ago. There's there's a character called Goldmember. <laughs> that's that's the quality of my movie watching. And I do jujitsu. I go, you've got to make sure your elbows are tight. So then I start going, ish toy, make sure it's like a toiger. And there's only like a couple of guys laughing, and I'm like, yeah, you watch bullshit oh, movies too. There is one really really ridiculous film that me and MD would watch before training because he would give me lists to that. So I'd go down to his house, mm. and we would just 
Have you seen a film called The Foot Fist Way? I have. What an amazing movie. <laughs> but that's like, that's like Taekwondo, man. That guy is like tri- typical. Couldn't <laughs> you? Yeah. yeah, bullshit Taekwondo guy. You know, trying to think he's, you know, like the beer belly, you know, the belt that's sprouts out with his, with his little sidekick. You know, that's, that's, that is so accurate to so many Taekwondo places. It's amazing. Yeah, so which way you got to watch it? That would happen. Me and MD, we would, um, we, me and Daddy would sit there. We'd be in stitches. Like, I do kind of feel bad laughing at this scene, but like <laughs> when it, when the guy is like sparring with the old woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she unleashes. She's just getting. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Isn't that, isn't that, <laughs> the, the, the big, the big angry-looking bald guy? Yeah. This is. This is. I gotta watch it again. I just walks up to her and gives her a right hook right in the chin. <laughs> isn't there one where where some woman unleashes on the guy? Oh, probably something else. The other memorable, the other memorable part of that film. Um, oh, what was the name of the actor? Was it Danny McBride? I think it was Danny McBride. The main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Danny McBride. Yeah. So funny. What was the other one? When he was breaking up with his wife on the bleachers, I'm like, <laughs> I can't remember it that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those yes. moments in those moments in and around training, like, also were critical in like me just developing as a person. Yeah, and um, being around someone like Danny, he's such a there's such an inter- integ- um, intensity to how moral he is because he has an idea in his head of how he expects himself to conduct himself right, day yeah, to day yeah, yeah. and he, he's got that really strong old school ethic as well oh, where school, yeah. which i which it's like this is what i believe this is what i believe is right and no matter what resistance comes, I know it's the right thing to do. So I'm going to stick to that. And the thing is, and he has so, he has so much confidence in that as well. That him just doing that kind of let me feel, oh, it's okay to be that way. Yeah. It's okay to be that way. Yeah. It's and good that you got that early for me. Yeah. Taekwondo guys. <clears throat> but, but I think that's more. I think that comes guys from tradition. That, yeah. But no, no. But the taekwondo was is steeped in tradition and yeah, right, you know, yeah. tradition was not. But I think it's guys that are legit. They yeah. don't feel like they have to be pushing. They don't have to wear, you know, gold uniforms and pink belts and bandanas and all that. What music Some... but they don't have to filling up their performance yeah. because actually they know they're good. Yeah. And it's not they're not good for anybody else but themselves, so they're comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And I notice in a lot of Taekwondo guys, I, I don't want to stereotype Taekwondo because there are a lot, obviously a lot of confident, good, humble people, but the guys I was surrounding myself by, not necessarily by choice, were, you know, they want to make sure they've got all those gold bars on their belt, and is their belt shiny new, and, um, you know, they've got to wear a different colour uniform from everyone else, because they're more special, and and I thought at some point, okay, that's how I've got to behave now, because I'm at that level, I've got to be like that, and you start trying to be a bit Billy Big Bollocks, you start trying to brag, and, and it's not until I think probably actually probably since jujitsu you realise you can get your ass humbled mate on yeah. a daily basis by anybody and then it brings you back down to earth by going actually it doesn't matter yeah. if I've got stripes on my belt or 
different color pajamas than anybody else wears because there's yeah. know, there's a there's a hierarchy of 